My Car Guru, episode 191. Hello, folks. This is Lenny Lawson, the Car Guru. There is nothing that fires me up more than having a project. I love projects. Uh, well, most projects. I don't like, you know, like my wife says, I need you to weed the landscaping. Well, that's not my idea of fun. But I do it because I want to maintain that relationship. You know, too many people don't do things that they should because they don't think about that. They don't think about the value of relationship. I just had a phone call from the daughter of an elderly customer of mine, and she was very concerned. He's not been doing well. And, you know, all the things that, I guess, all of the things that can happen to you as you get older. Dementia and Alzheimer's are the are two of the worst. I don't know that they're the worst. But, you know, when that starts taking hold, I know my, my wife's uh, father died from Alzheimer's. My dad suffered from dementia. I remember having to take his vehicle, um, his use of a vehicle away from him. And uh, he, he was pulling out of the dealership one day, and we have, we're all located on a, a main four-lane highway, and he was pulling out. And uh, I had one of the salespeople run in and said, Lenny, your dad just almost bought it out there on the road. He had pulled out in front of some cars and stuff and just gone on down the road, you know, just driven home just like nothing. And um, so that was kind of the final straw. You know, when when it's time, it's time. Uh, The problem is breaking the, the news, you know, to the elderly person. That's tough. I mean... I dread the day when I'm not free. I mean, I love being able to get into a car and just take off and go do what I want to do. And when you can't do that anymore, that's pretty tough. I guess they could, we could always go back to the old days when we had horses. But I guess you could still fall off a horse or lead the horse in the wrong direction, like over a cliff or something. So, I don't know. Did people get their horses taken away from them? Probably. But that is something that, that happens as you develop relationships with people. They call on you because you are a trusted source. Now, you know, a lot of people listen to this radio show. They Most of them don't know me from Adam, especially if it's a podcast and somebody's listening away from here. But, uh, you know, my experience has been in this industry for 44 years, the car industry, and you know, I can help people in a lot of different ways. And really, as I've mentioned before, that's my mission. That's something that I really want to do. I enjoy it, and uh, I have a lot of knowledge that can help people keep them from making mistakes. Just like yesterday, we talked about ads, advertising, dealer advertising, and how it is. It's still uh, full of half-truths and false, out, just outright falsehoods. And everything from we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe uh, up to $8,000 over book value for your trade. You know, all of these claims. I sound like a radio guy, but that's what they sound like when they're doing it. I was uh, at cardiac rehab yesterday on the treadmill, and I had they put it on a, a local radio station here in Upper East Tennessee, and I have to listen to those ads. And it just, you know, it just uh, turns my stomach sometimes to hear some of this, and it's the same stuff. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that uh, it's not like uh, – uh, the ads aren't effective. You know, when you're when somebody gets in the market for a car, they start tuning in 
to that kind of stuff. They start paying attention to ads. They start shopping online, going to dealerships' websites and stuff like that. They, they're more attuned to that. When they're not in the market, you know, they can just turn that stuff off of their mind. I can't because I'm, I'm in the car business and I hear it and it's just my antennas are always up for that kind of stuff. And I've turned in some dealers. Um, I, I'm, I'll be happy to admit it. I've turned in dealers who, have, who are breaking rules. Uh, and the reason I do it is because they're hurting not only the customer, but they're hurting me. You know, if somebody says that they'll give you $10,000 over book value for your trade-in, that sounds pretty good. But I know that that, that is a deceptive, that's as deceptive as they get, Okay. Um, because you really don't know what they're giving you $10,000 against. If you just drive in there, I mean, okay, the true test of whether they would that's a real promise, a real commitment, would be for you to drive in there with the book value. you got them all printed out and say, okay, I want $10,000 over book value for this. And I guarantee what they'll say is, well, you have to trade with us first. Well, that's not, that's not what you said. You said I could get $10,000 over book value for my trade-in. So that's not true? Well, not unless you buy something that we've got out here that, well, okay, I'll look at it. You look at it, and it's got the window sticker marked up $10,000. So is that a real offer? No. It's not. So um, that's a bad way to start off a relationship. But, you know, some people, they just they get so focused on buying a car. They're so committed. They're determined. Honey, we're not leaving here until we're in a brand-new Chevy Traverse. And so that's what they do. And they ignore the deception and the games, and, and they're really not paying attention. They get so excited about the car, so hyped up on the car. You know, when you jump out of an, an old stinky used car, not that yours is stinky, but a lot of them are, and you jump into a brand-new one, and it smells so good. You can smell that leather and... You know, you drive down the road, it's nice and smooth. It's not rattling, making a bunch of noises and stuff like that. It is a very tempting proposition. You know, it's like walking into a brand new house. You know, when you've been living in a, you know, your house. And you walk into a brand brand new one and new paint, smell, new carpet, everything's so clean and everything. You know, it, it makes your mind proceed down the road a little bit further than it should go because you don't know what all the details, but it will make you pay more than what you originally thought. Most people come in to buy a car, they they always increase uh, their expectation. Well, let's say they had an expectation of a monthly payment. If they said, we're not paying any more than $500 a month, they'll pay 600. They will, because they fall for the excitement. It gets the better of them. Now, not everybody will. You may say, well, I wouldn't do that. Well. You're one of the few that has the discipline to stick to their guns. You know, sometimes I'll go to a car auction, and I'll before I do, I'll evaluate all the cars out on the lot, and I'll go, you know, open the doors and make sure they don't have any, haven't had any extra paint put on them. Uh, you know, I'll fire up the engine, make sure that the, you know, it's not making any unusual noises. Make sure the glass doesn't have any stars in the windshield and stuff like that. And I'll check it out good, and then when it, I will set in my mind what I want to pay for that car and I'll write it down beside the, the car because there's imagine there's like 25 sheets of paper and the cars are just listed in single space and so I'm looking at all these vehicles the ones that I'm interested in and writing down numbers when it comes to the auction block and it's rolling out there and there's somebody there bidding against me 
more often than not, I will go over what my limit was. And it's, it's not necessarily the spirit of competition. It's just that I somehow justify my mind, well, I'll sell it to somebody. And I've brought a lot of those vehicles back that I've paid too much money for and ended up taking them back to the auction 90 days later. I can do that. You can't. You know, you're borrowing money. You're making monthly payments on that thing. If you take it back to the dealer where you bought it, you'll probably get, you know, $10,000 less than you paid for it. Uh, if I take a car back to the market 90 days after I bought it, I might lose a grand or, you know, somewhere around there. That's just the way it works. So you, you have to be a lot more careful. I mean, I'm buying and selling cars all the time, and you're not. And uh, the guy that you're dealing with, the salesperson, he sold hundreds and hundreds of cars. You're not unique. He know, if you say, well, I want to think about it, he's got 15 different comebacks for that. Uh, if you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the monthly payment. Don't worry about the monthly payment. We'll, we'll figure something out. You know, he may, he, he may convert you to a lease, and you had no intentions of leasing a car. I don't know how to tell people to um, stiffen up and, 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 and walk, you know, when you should walk. I, I did talk about that yesterday. There's a lot of dealerships you shouldn't even darken their doors, especially if they do a lot of the kind of advertising that I was talking about. Um, and when you walk in, and as I said, the, the, the red flag, the big red flag is when they try to switch you to get you thinking about monthly payment instead of the trading difference and what you're getting for your car and so forth. So anyway, it, it, it is a different market right now for sure. Um, there are um, a lot of pressures on dealers because they have such low inventories right now. And so they're commanding really high prices. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I've heard people paying $10,000 over a window sticker for a lot of different vehicles. Kia Tellurides, a lot of Hondas, Toyotas, um, even some Nissans and, and Fords. Um, we've got people that are willing to pay. Well, I, ha I was looking at a list this morning. It came from a wholesaler who basically they, they buy vehicles from one Ford dealer and sell them to another Ford dealer. So they put together this big list and say, you can buy Mustangs for $4,000 over sticker. Now, this is selling from one dealer to another. You know, uh, you can buy a, a Ford Raptor, F-150 Raptor, which is a you know, real muscular um, off-road kind of a truck. Um, they'll sell me. They'll graciously sell me one for fifteen thousand dollars over the window sticker. So you can imagine what people are walking into when they walk onto a lot. Um, you know, the common everyday low price cars just don't seem to be out there. You don't see a lot of. Uh, it seems like all the manufacturers are building are cars that have quite a bit of equipment on them. That doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, since there is a chip shortage, and the more equipment you have, the more chips you have but that's kind of what's going on okay well I'll take my first break and I'll be back here in just a second okay I'm back you know I told you all that Ford was um, I guess setting the pace for the EV industry as far as the uh, larger manufacturers Tesla was the groundbreaker as far as that is concerned but Ford is now dividing their company up into two parts uh, the Ford Model E which is the EV side of their business electric vehicles and then the Ford Blue, which is the ICE version, and that is the internal combustion engine. That's the new acronym, ICE. So, you know, we got to make a decision bef before October 31st is, are we going to be a Mach-E dealer? And so originally they said that was going to cost, at the lowest level certified, it's going to cost half a million dollars. At the highest level, which is certified elite, it's going to cost 1.2. Well, those were estimates. <laughs> 
I have found out that that's not what it's going to cost, thank goodness, because I called TVA. Have you ever tried to call TVA? You know what TVA is? Tennessee Valley Authority. They're the ones that, for those of you who don't live in Tennessee, that's where we get all of our power. Probably most of uh, Alabama and I don't know where else TVA generates power for. But anyway, they, they dammed up all the rivers and, and formed a bunch of really cool lakes and and uh, they burn a lot of coal and natural gas and stuff like that to generate energy for this region, a large part of this country. And um, so anyway, if you try to call them, you call this number and the phone call, the number that they had on their website I called and, and they answered, TVA police. Um, maybe I have the wrong number. I was trying to call somebody in the electric vehicle or the electric charging station department. Well, let me see what I can find. And I, he probably put me on hold for five minutes. He said, I think I found somebody. Now, would you think that would happen for a, an organization? And actually, I guess I don't even know what the status is of TVA. They are a kind of a quasi-government agency. And uh, the government controls the flow of energy in this country, the flow of electricity, that is. And, you know, they were created by the government. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe that's government. Who knows? But uh, he finally got me to the right department, and I was talking to this guy, and I was thinking, I mean, I called Knoxville. It was an 865 area code, and he answered the phone and, and uh, was very nice and gave me all kinds of information. Um, and I said, where are you located? He said, I'm in Nashville. So that policeman transferred me to Nashville, so I was impressed with that. But the, uh, my question to him is, what kind of subsidies or um, – incentives are available to people who put in commercial electric vehicle charging stations. So if I put one down here on my lot, Gateway, and it's open to the public where somebody can pull up and plug in and, and you know use their credit card or whatever to pay the bill, are there any funds available? He said, oh yeah, yeah, there's funds available for that. And so, you know, federal government also, I was looking on their website as a part of the infrastructure um, boondoggle that they created. There's up to $300,000 per charger. And you may be saying, well, surely a charger doesn't cost that much. Well, Ford said it did, but it doesn't. The uh, Greenville Light and Power here, which is our local authority that they get their power from TVA, uh, they said they installed their charger for a cost of about 60000 But now they're a public utility. So I'm sure even if my cost is double, then that's something it is far more doable than half a million for one charger with two plugs on it, don't you think? So that's what I'm looking at. Um, again, trying to decide what's the market, you know, right now for electric vehicles. I mean, are you a prospect for one? You know, when they do the surveys, uh, they say that uh, at least half of the people in this country are interested in EVs. Uh, that doesn't mean that they'll buy one. I was, uh, we're looking at expanding our capacity here at the dealership for service. And I was talking to my nephew, and uh, he, he is the uh, general sales manager for both Nissan and Ford in my dealership. And he said, do we really need to think about expanding our uh, service operation and creating more capacity with all this electric stuff that's going? And I said, Max, it's going to be 20 years before we're going to see any real swing towards electric vehicles. I truly believe that. Um, you know, maybe uh, that we'll, if they can improve the ch uh, infrastructure as far as charging. Now, this TVA guy did say, 
and it is public knowledge. You can look on their website. It says that they are going to work on a project with the state of Tennessee to have a EV, uh, uh, sorry, a supercharger, which is a, uh, I think it's a 120 kilowatt um, direct current charger. So if you plug into that, it'll pretty much fully charge your electric vehicle in an hour, which I still don't want to sit there for an hour. But anyway, uh, they're saying that they will be available every 50 miles, that is their goal, on main highways. Well, what's a main highway? Well, of course, the interstates. Uh, so you'll be able to pull off and charge every 50 miles. You won't need to because the average range right now is probably 250, 260. Uh, Ford has a, their extended range batteries will go 320. I think um, one of the small minute players in the industry was able to get, I think Lucid is the name of that electric vehicle manufacturer and they have one that will do close to 500 miles on a charge. Of course it costs $180,000 to buy the car. So not many people are going to do it. Imagine what your payments would be on that. But anyway, the range situation is going to be the controlling factor uh, next to cost. And as long as the availability of fuel is there, then um, I just don't think it makes that much sense. Hybrids are great. It's a great option. You know, Toyota created the hybrid uh, phenomenon with the Prius. And um, I just wish they hadn't made that car look so like a jelly bean. Never did like it. But... You know, the environmentalists, the tree huggers, they really like that car for a long time. Now they're all about fully electric. But hybrids are a good choice. Ford is really expanding their hybrid market. So I think if I decide just to be a Ford Blue dealer and just sell internal combustion engines and hybrids, I'll be fine because I'll still have Nissan. I did get a call from a Nissan rep, though, and, and they said, uh, talking about the new Aria. Is that how you say it? I think it is. That's their new electric SUV, about the same size as a Nissan Rogue or a Ford Edge, you know, five-passenger vehicle with a rear hatch. and uh, None of these electric vehicles have grills. That's another thing that I just, I, I like a grill. I don't like to see that just a flat surface on the front. It's not purdy. But Nissan is, is really not pushing a culture change in the dealership like Ford is. I mean, Ford is wanting to totally change the company the way vehicles are sold. And uh, maybe a lot of people will like that, um, not being able to, uh, or not having to do anything at a dealership. You can actually, you'll be able to order your electric Ford online. Uh, you'll be able to finance it. You'll be able to take care of the whole thing in about two minutes if you want to be that quick. Uh, and have the vehicle delivered to your house, or you can take delivery at the dealership and avoid all the other stuff. Now, I don't think that's a bad idea. That's the culture, right? That's where we are. People don't want to meet you and shake your hand and stuff. They want to just order it online and have it on their doorstep. But, um, you know, I don't think everybody wants to be that way, and I, I'm not sure that that's exactly uh, the best model for buying the right car. I think you need a good salesperson who knows their product. I told you how to find that guy many, many times. Just go to the operator say, who's your best salesperson? She'll tell you. She knows. Um, she knows the people who follow up and do a really good presentation on the cars and don't pressure because she doesn't like people who pressure people either. So, you know, unless her boyfriend is one of the salespeople and he may be a jerk. So, you know, 
you just have to roll the dice sometimes, right? Okay, I'm going to take my last break, and I'll be back here in just a second. Uh, one last thing, I had a customer come in this morning, and their check engine light was on. And the uh, first thing we always do is we go around and check the gas cap. Now, on a Ford, there is no gas cap, okay? There is just a... Uh, a flap you know that opens up and then there's a hole and it seals off automatically but most cars have gas caps I know all of our Nissans do and, and most other manufacturers still use a gas cap uh, she was using a gas cap and it was not secured it was barely on there that'll turn on your check engine light now if a dealership charges you to tighten your gas cap you're at the wrong place um, you know sometimes you will take it to an independent shop and their and business is a little light and so they'll bring you in and do a diagnostic and scan it and stuff like that. We always go check the gas cap first because that is usually the culprit. We also have a new machine in our shop where it actually measures the alignment specs. Not all of them, but it does toe-in and, I think, caster. There's caster, camber, and toe. Those are the three different measurements on, on alignment. So ours does, I think it's caster and toe. And if your vehicle's out of alignment, then these late well these lasers shoot at the wheels, and when you're driving across this particular point, it'll measure take all those measurements. And when you walk into where the service advisors are, your information is miraculously posted on the 72-inch screen TV uh, right beside the service advisor, and we can tell you, well, you're in the red, so your vehicle is due for an alignment. You can't tell that um, at most places. And that's something you need to have checked at least once a year, okay? Tires are expensive, and one of the main reasons they wear out early is because you're not keeping them inflated. You'll lose two pounds of pressure per month if you have just regular air in it. If you're using nitrogen, you'll still use a, lose a pound. So check the air pressures on your tires and get your front end aligned or get a four-wheel alignment once a year. And your tires will just amazingly last twice as long as they, they normally do just by taking care of those two things. So just a helpful little tip. Check your gas cap. Get your alignment checked. If you want it checked for free, come to Gateway because we'll be glad to do it. All you have to do is just drive through and you'll know. And that is no charge. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I will see you next time.